Blog Talk Radio. Once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you. Hey, I'm your hostess, your spiritual advisor and groove mistress, Madam Perry. But you don't have to call me Madam. You can call me Jen, Jennifer, JP, Mrs. Perry, Perry. I'm just happy to be here and happy you are too. And happy that we've had so many fun shows. Uh, well, I've never had, you know, I've, I've never had um, shows that weren't fun. Let's uh, see, Tuesday. We had Beth Lapidus. Oh, my God. It's the second time she's been on the show. Beth Lapidus, you can just look up her name and you'll see anything from uh, TV shows she's written for uh, on Cabaret, the uh, Cabaret show she puts together with big-name people, music and comedy in L.A., and she also does it on Zoom. She began doing that during the uh, pandemic. Plus, um, she was the first guest star ever on uh, Will and Grace, and she was on Sex and the City as a guest star. No, one of those, which one was she the first one? Anyway, she was on them both, Will and Grace and Sex and the City, and I think the Sex and the City part was where she got her sex. But she is just a a magnificent um, entertainer, writer, creator, and she teaches the writing class. So, yeah, uh, check out her new book, So You Need to Decide. Also, uh, we've had Brandy Stillwell with her new book, None of This is Going According to Plan, the funniest stories in the world about uh, her job as a, working as a writer in Los Angeles after growing up in the Midwest. And she even has funny stories about working on Family Guy, especially the one that involves not only her uh, boss, Seth MacFarlane, but Ron Jeremy. You'll have to read that one for yourself. Uh, I'm not going to tell you anything else about it right now. But, uh, so, yeah, it just gets to be more and more fun. Also, our friends Joe Symes and the Loving Kind, the uh, British band, they're going to be back very soon. Uh, they've got new music out. And they've been playing them during the uh, halftime with the uh, football. Well, what they call football, not here in the States. But anyway, uh <laughs> We got so much fun coming, and I think Dave Cos, a sax player, he may be back soon. He was on, I think, last October. So much fun, and he's on a, I think he's been on some kind of eternity tour right now, but he'll be back. Tonight's guest, I I don't even remember how many times. She may hold the record for um, the most appearances here in the Genie Bottle, and we are so grateful when... um, first met her maybe, I don't know, maybe over a decade ago on Twitter. She's a fascinating lady, holds dual citizenship in the U.S. and Britain, written everything from uh, erotica uh, to chronicling true crime. I mean, just, you know, you know what's the better way to do it? Just, in, just go ahead and bring her here into the genie bottle and say welcome once again, one of our superbly favorite guests, Mitzi Zareto. Mitzi, welcome back. Hi, Ms. Perry. 
<laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> Get that Southern Bell thing happening. <laughs> you know, that's what, when I took uh, Beth Lapidus's writing class last year, she would say, you got the South in your mouth. <laughs> Yeah, no hot Sherlock. I could could, yeah, the sweet tea, the 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 sweet tea and the fried green maters. Oh, hey, don't mess with that. Don't mess with my sweet tea. No, I wouldn't mind some (laughs) some fried green maters. (laughs) This is the weather for fried green maters. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, and I have not had any. Um, But you know, now the fried green. I had the best. I had the best fried green maters in Savannah. Oh. Where? Just uh, oh, that, that place down on the water, which probably tells you absolutely nothing, but it's sort of on the left. <laughs> <laughs> just just wander around till you find it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a really, it's it's a really nice place. It's it's big. It, it, well, <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got downtown. It. It's by downtown. Yeah, you just yeah, sort yeah. of well, okay. keep going. Yeah, yeah. Right. Turn left it by what, what? What's that? What's that character? Um, uh, oh God, you know from from blonde the hair woman. Of, no, the the, the the um the um the drag oh, queen lady. Um, yeah, what's champagne. her name? Okay. Yeah, yeah, something. Champagne the lady Chablis. Chablis. <laughs> the lady Chablis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just ask her. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll ask Lady Chablis. I thought you were going to send me to that uh, to the cook. Um, woman that had the uh, uh, flight fall. Oh, here's something about show business. You know lots about show business. And I, what's the woman? Do I? <laughs> yes, you do. You had a, you had the coolest television show in England, uh, where where you're also a citizen. Um, in fact, you had the best intro to your show too. I love to watch the intro a lot. But uh, <laughs> oh, Teddy yeah. there by the ringing phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and all the yeah, and all the uh, uh, t- you know post-it notes, you know things about you yeah, know, yeah, calls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was perfect. <laughs> Gotta love those post-its. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. But anyway, no. Um... <laughs> okay, tell me the name of the woman, a southern woman. You had the big famous restaurant in in Savannah. Yes, 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 Paula yes, yes. I think. I didn't, yes, yes. Paula, and didn't she end up in okay. trouble for something? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Was it something she said? Yeah. I'm always afraid of yeah, something she was, I say it's going to get me in trouble. It was something yeah. she said. Something she. Something, yeah. Uh, she was naughty. She was naughty. But, but here's the thing about tell. Here's the thing about show business and television. You know, I have a good friend who just loved her. And she goes, "Oh, I just think she's so beautiful. She just has the most gorgeous eyes." I think I just she's just so beautiful. I said, "Yeah, she always looks like airbrushed and sandblasted within, um, <laughs> you know, years worth, right?" But at, no matter no matter how old she was, she always looked the same. And even on uh, TV, there would be the distance between them on the couch, and she always looked so young. But did you notice, after that bit of scandal, whenever she got back on TV, they didn't give her all the fancy lights and the uh, stuff like that. <laughs> it was like, did the scandal make you age 30 years oh, overnight? That's, that's, that's so when funny. You, that's when you've fallen from grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your makeup people are like, you know, you know, defeating you. 
Yeah. It's like, um, I mean, not her hearing you think about, okay, she's back on uh, Good Morning America, but it doesn't look the same as the last time, you know, so. Well, I didn't even like, go in a restaurant. I, I, we were at the, uh, we looked in and we said, uh-uh. <laughs> Forget it. It looks like a cafeteria. I don't. You know, I'm like, I'm not gonna pay all this money to eat in a cafeteria. <laughs> Seriously, it's like a oh. cafeteria. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. When I used to work with the con- oh, World Congress, she doesn't sue Center. us. <laughs> no, we didn't say anything bad. And besides, no, I've got. We in- don't eat it. No. <laughs> hey, I'm just a poor little gal down here in the south, Paula. You know, I don't have enough money to somebody like you. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't have, you know, I can give you and the writers uh, car. never have any money. <laughs> no, no, I can give you, uh, um, you know, you can come and take my car, but you got to get some uh, tires for to get it off those concrete blocks. <laughs> it sounds like my car. Yes, yeah, yeah, take my car and return a nice new Mini Cooper. I promised Teddy years ago he was getting his Mini Cooper. He's still waiting. <laughs> oh, God love him. Poor Teddy. <laughs> Yeah. I know, the okay. long-suffering Teddy. Yeah, yeah, long, yeah <laughs> suffering. Teddy says, I'll take it. Teddy got, Teddy's had a lot of ups and downs lately, but we'll get back to the Teddy yeah. later. Because he knows I love it, but I know he's gone through a lot. Um, yeah. Your new book, you've got a series, you've had a series going on um, Best, new tr- Best New Crime. Best New True Crime Stories, yeah. Best New True Crime Stories. And what's different about the newest one is that it's unsolved crimes. Yeah. So, yeah. Honey. Unsolved crimes and mysteries is the subtitle. So you've got a bit of both things going on. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, unsolved crimes, there's just a lot, you know, a lot of interesting unsolved crimes going back decades and centuries. And uh, so I've got an interesting representation of different eras in this book and different parts of the world. So um, and this is actually the sixth book in the series. So I can't believe it's sixth and I've delivered the seventh. So, Oh, no kidding. Yeah, it's been pretty bit hectic. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> to say the, now, least, the understatement. So, so this one, Unsolved Crimes and Mysteries, um, and you've got a good variety in there from, um, you know, as usual, you, you've got things from all over the world. But there's even one that's not all just, just, just blood and killing. It's also you have an art theft that's just phenomenal. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I mean, obviously, murder and bloodshed is sort of like the number one crime these days and what you find in true crime. But I try to put in a few things just to sort of give people a breather, <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah, the story is, you just, I mean, it's, it is, it's like a breather. Even when I figure out my table of contents, if I have something that's really intense, I try to follow it up with something so the reader can kind of go, oh, God, okay, you <laughs> know. <laughs> like a, like a palate cleanser or something, or or like a deal. Well, just to get the heart to calm down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> or at the perfume counter where you have the little a shaker of coffee beans to kind of you know, so you smell a few fragrances and then kind of clear the nose and then try something else. Oh. Yeah. Or like in between courses they have that like that sorbet or something to clear the palate or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you've been to those fancy places. Okay. Well, fancy. I go fancy places, madam. <laughs> oh, God. I, I think the fanciest 
I get these days is a craft beer pub, craft brew pub, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me, so, um, you know, true crime, I remember starting to read true crime back in the late, I don't know, maybe in the um, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, a girlfriend of mine was reading some books, and my mother-in-law, too, and they gave me these, and it just, First, I would talk about that. I'm thinking, oh, whatever. And then once I once I got the first one, I was just a disciple of Anne Rule, Diane Fanning, Catherine mm-hmm. Casey, um, and read them all. And it has grown to be such a big thing. I mean, this, if if I'm listening to Sirius XM at night or driving, I can uh, HLN has their forensic files going for I think all night long. There are several <laughs> yeah. uh, channels on TV with this and so many more books um what do you think has, has created this a sudden fascination widespread with true crime you know i honestly don't know what to say on that um, i i mean i think in in the past we had true crime but it wasn't packaged as true crime i mean a lot of these uh like these tv shows that have been around for decades like um Oh God, uh, Dateline is it Dateline? Yeah, I don't know. You know, there's several. There's several of them running. Uh, they 2020. All those. Um, they weren't packaged as true crime in the past. They were sort of like news magazine shows, but they were essentially true crime because most of the segments were, you know, on crimes. So, um, so I mean, it's not like it was new, but um, it has taken off like wildfire. And I honestly. I don't know. I don't know what the uh, how come it's just exploded the way it has. I mean, there's so many podcasts. Um, uh, I mean, books, TV shows, um, magazines devoted to this content. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. I mean, I'm I'm cool with it since I'm I'm working in this area right now. But <laughs> just, it is crazy. It's it's really hard to keep up. You know, and and um, obviously for me when I'm I'm you know uh, putting together a new book and you know obviously all of these pieces in my books are all original pieces. People write these stories for me. I'm not I'm not sitting around curating stuff that's already been published or, you know, I'm not reprinting stuff. So it's like trying to come up with something that either hasn't been done to death or you can provide a fresh, interesting new angle on it. You know, that's the challenge. Yeah. That's what makes your books different because uh you Put out a call on your website for submissions uh, for different people or writers to submit to the next book, whatever. You know, you give the theme and the and the uh, submission guidelines. And I know from this new book, uh, Unsolved Crimes and Mysteries, from the very first story, and I really... I really dug into it. I really got comfortable with this because I felt like I had some uh, a friend telling me this. But the very yeah. first story, the woman is talking about it, and she's comparing it to things. It's about uh, two women uh, that go camping. And um, yeah, I'm going to try to pull up the name of the story. And the yeah, author. 25 years later, yeah, 25 yeah. years later, this AT lesbian double murder mystery still haunts me uh, by Lindsay Dan- Danis. I think it's Danis. I hope I said her name right. <laughs> yes, because she can make comparisons about, you know, when she came out and um, 
what do these people probably and go taking the through? same route doing the same yeah. thing actually she was a, she's a big hiker and she still is a big hiker and uh, so she went to these this place uh, on more than one occasion and just that um yeah i know when 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 she found i don't know how she even found me or heard about this uh submission call but when she approached me and said i really have an idea for something i i very much would like to write and she told me about it i'm like yeah um i would be certainly interested in seeing this um but i mean yeah it's it's really a um, a real punch in the gut the story because you can feel everything you know that that emotion and the fear that she mm-hmm. is experiencing in her own experience and then relating back to the actual case she's writing about. Um, I, I think, I think a lot of people can identify and ex- experience it through the story. Yes. And, and another thing she, that, that makes this just um, especially appealing and satisfying in the book, the way she writes, even though you don't have the, you don't have the, the tied up ending and, but, mm-hmm. When she talks about going back, maybe going hacking with her mother, you know, or another woman she uh, is with, it never feels like a uh, kind of like a spectator thing or kind of uh, weird. It feels you you feel like a sense of uh, camaraderie and a sense of respect, like she's showing Mm -hmm. respect for the women uh, who went as a couple the way she writes it. And it's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, that's, I put it in, I just had to start the book with this one because I just felt, well, yeah, you know, it's, like I said, it's, it's such a juggling act knowing what to, what to order and where to order it. But um, I just thought, yeah, I think we're going to start with this one. And um, it, yeah, it's just such a unique piece because as I said, um, even though she didn't know these people, um, she's in a way experiencing it, and also the fact that she went to this location on, you know, on the on the AT, and uh, experienced something similar, you know, with some these, you know, these typical people. God knows, I'm <laughs> the one is, I, I'm not sure how to describe them without being bleeped out, but um, you know the types that harass you, especially women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, and. Uh, so she experienced that firsthand and kind of got that sense of, my God, is this what these women, uh, is this how it started with them? Who knows, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe was it because they saw them maybe kissing or something or probably not, maybe even not at all. Just the fact that there were two women alone, you know, mm-hmm. some people, uh, uh, certain kind of criminals just look for the opportunity, keep an eye open for the opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, it, it's really hard to even find all these uh, cases that aren't uh, with women who end up as the victims. It just seems to be so uh, sadly prevalent. Mm-hmm. No matter where in the world you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm sure you know that firsthand, you know, as much as you've traveled and. Yeah, well, I, I suppose I guess I've been lucky in some ways, but um, I mean, but we've all experienced something. So it's, I don't think any 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 female can say they've been immune to any of this in different degrees. Um, I had put on the um, on the post uh, the quote from a review, Bob Batchelor, cultural historian and author of The Bourbon King, The Life and Crimes of George Remus, Prohibition's Evil Genius. And I, I, I love that because I, I love the way he says, Zaretto puts together another page-turning collection telling true, true crime tales of the wicked, wild, and wonderful. 
You'll love this book and the stories of devious partnerships that ended in mayhem and murder. (laughs) All right. (laughs) He just caps a lot, you know, (laughs) just puts it in just a nice I know, I know. It's really, it's really nice um, when, when, a respe- when a respected writer, a busy writer, will take the time out and, and look at some sample stories and, and come up with a blurb. I mean, uh, I mean I've, it's hard to find the time to do that, and I'm just really thankful for some of these awesome people who have spent their time, their valuable time, to just give me a little something to say about my book, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. Definitely, and I think it says a lot to uh, uh, to the you know the high quality of the book that you put together, uh, as well as um, the respect that those writers have for you. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, yeah, if you don't mind, I like just just a couple of these. Um, Alex you Finley. mentioned about the the art heist. You you mentioned yeah. about the art heist that was sort of our breather after uh, Lindsay's story it was about the uh, the Montreal Museum of uh, the, that the big heist back in seventy two nineteen seventy two and that's a crazy one. Um, <laughs> that, the way it's written, you're like it's almost like you're watching a film. You know, they shimmy yeah. up this and they're going down that and you know, like a oh caper. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, everything from the tarp in the city, you got the you, the whole scene is it, it, just laid out for you, very cinematically written. Uh, yeah. From the tarp, yeah. on the ceiling. I was, really, and, I was happy to get that one. I, I was, I think that that story also appealed to me because I visited the museum when I was in Montreal and it was, I have to say, one of the best art museums I've ever been to. So it was like, oh, this is so cool. that I, I had no idea about this art heist, you know, that this happened there. And two, I, I was also interested that, that one of the uh, the local policemen um, detectives had gone ahead and and uh, honed his skills to be a specialist in in art yeah. crimes. I know, I know. What an interesting career turn, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact Wait, that so, so would... being in true crime, since I'm in true crime, does this mean I might like have a career change and become a bank robber or something? I don't want to say anything here that I have to okay. take out okay. later. But um, <laughs> it's a career change, but I'm using my skill set. <laughs> that's all. The, <laughs> that's always the uh, the ones when they go, "Oh, that's okay. They'll never hear this podcast." And it's always, you know, that's why I say you got to be careful. ND, you signed probably a lot of NDAs. God knows I have. Um, and yeah, you think, oh, you just make one little joke and think, oh, who listens to my podcast? Next thing you know, you get Diana <laughs> Ross's lawyer. <laughs> That's all over. <laughs> oh dear. So, but yeah, here's the uh, um, uh, one way it was described: it's a, a varied assortment of unsolved crimes and mysterious murders, murder cases to solve, told by writers from around the world. Um, so, yeah, and let me ask you this. In any of your previous books about uh, true crime and mysteries, um, ever written back with you with more information or maybe they knew someone or or they had knowledge of the uh, place and time and people involved? Um, I'm trying to think. Um I, you know, I'm more likely to get somebody emailing me, asking me that they kind of want me to write their story for them. 
that they, these, they've had these things happen and they're not getting any recognition. And, you know, A, I don't really do that. And B, for legal reasons, I'm certainly, you know, if something isn't documented uh, in court records or whatever, I'm not, you know, I'm not really going to go there. You know, like something that is an mm -hmm. accusation kind of thing, like, oh, my brother was doing this and that and this and that, but the brother's not been prosecuted and what, you know, I no thanks. <laughs> so that's more <laughs> the stuff that I get. You know, that's more the kind of emails that I'll get from people. I mean, some are pretty sad. I mean, some, some people have really had some hellish experiences and they, they kind of want to get that story told, but they are not professional writers or even amateur writers and they can't do it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's tough. I mean, you know, when my husband realized that I, I knew murderers that I grew up with in my nice little middle-class neighborhood, because you know people that have killed people? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they were right there, you know. Um, sat near me in church, um, and then, of course, I well, did. the best place for them. <laughs> of course, I didn't play in Of course, they're always in church. <laughs> David Chapman, um, you know, I didn't know him, but he was in my brother's scout troop, but yeah. Oh, uh, dear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, this is why you need to avoid these places, avoid the scouts, avoid the churches. <laughs> Just kind of oh. keep to yourself. <laughs> They're the worst. They're the worst. They've got the perfect cover. Just, oh, just go can... to the brew pub and relax. You know, stay away from all these other places. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but these stories, because they're from all around the world, uh, there could be a chance of somebody calling back and saying, well, you know, I know a little something about this. And uh, would you want them to contact maybe the police department involved or some of their, their, their local investigators? Because uh, or people are yeah. probably going to contact you. Well, they basically like. Um, I, I, you mean about some of these cases in the unsolved crimes and mysteries? If they perhaps um, had a, had a lead, is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I would obviously just tell them to contact whatever police force was was still investigating this because I mean, I, I don't have any power to do anything. Um, there's one piece in here actually that does say where to contact. Uh, it's a piece about um, a, 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 well, murders over like decades and missing missing women um, in Edmont in the Edmonton area in Alberta, Canada, and Indigenous women who just disappear. Um, and, that, you know, there's like a long list of women that's probably still being added to. And it does have a, a thing at the end of the story about, you know, contact the RCMP on that if, if you know anything about these cases. Okay. I am glad you add that. Um, which was the most surprise out of this collection? Oh, and by the way, how many stories are in this book and how many submissions did you receive? Um, let me, I think it's 15 stories. Let me count one, two, three, four, six, seven, uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, it's 15. I, I told you when we were in the green room that I don't have my author copy, so I'm like using Teddy's <laughs> iPad and looking at the PDF, <laughs> the PDF review copy, the same thing you have. <laughs> right, I know you touched the screen the wrong way and then it's all the way back to the beginning. Yeah. So um, I'll end up on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we have to. I have to give thanks to um, 
anyone who knows you and follows you on social media and follows your work, um, Teddy, your housemate, uh, <laughs> partner in the business, I don't know what else to say. It's just uh, such a sweetheart. Partner in crime. Partner in crime was sort of was the last book as well, but I suppose you could say he's my partner in crime. He's also yeah. a bear, but you know. Yes, yeah, he's a, he's a get bear. over it. <laughs> yeah, get over it. Yeah. yeah, he's a bear. What are you gonna do? Get over it. So yeah. um, it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate that expression? Everything is just everybody hates like, it. it is I what and I could tell by the way you said it, you do too. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so thank you, Teddy, for, for all your help. And I uh, had to give you a shout out here as a love. But so about how many um, submissions did you get? I know you probably oh, don't have the exact you know, number. But. I don't really know, but um, actually, let me see. Did I actually, um, I may have actually asked a couple of people about possibly writing something for the book, which I don't usually um, do that except maybe on occasion, on occasion, and it's maybe one or two. So, um, yeah, I don't know, because when I get in, a, I'll ask people to pitch. I don't just take in stories unsolicited. I say, please pitch the idea. I really don't want people to go off on a tangent and write something, and it's not got a remote chance in hell of getting in the book. I, you know, I know how hard it is, you know, when you write something on spec, and you don't know if it's going to get in there. So at least pitch the idea first, and then we've got, like, a little bump up the ladder that I'm interested enough that if you want to write this, I'd certainly be interested in considering it. Not guaranteed, but um, mm-hmm. that's usually how I work. But um, how many stories I got in, I honestly can't say because it's all a blur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard, you know, especially when you sometimes you turn down a story that somebody's been in a previous book, and then they're kind of like they don't really understand why that happened. But this is just the way it is. I mean, it's it's a juggling act about what is going to you know, make a well-rounded collection and not necessarily repetitive in location or perhaps, you know, exactly the same kind of story, you know. So, um, yeah, if you've been in one book, it doesn't mean you'll be in another. You might, you know, I do have regulars that appear in several books and sometimes it doesn't happen. All right. And by the way, I want to mention this now. Uh, the website is Mitzi Zareto, M-I-T-Z-I-S-Z-E-R-E-T-O. And, of course, I'll be sharing that on all of my social media so you can find it if you don't have time to write it down. Because most people tell me they listen in the car or when they're working out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you don't want so them writing one. things down and no. they're driving. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want them to be safe and careful so they can listen again. Uh so yes, that's where you get um, information about uh, about you, about different books you've written, about Teddy, and also the uh, news and events and submission. The writers call for submissions tab for what you're uh, for anyone who thinks that they would want to submit or pitch a story rather pitch a story to you for the next book. Um, you've been pretty busy on the tour for this book, and you've got some live events in it, which is people haven't done for a couple of years. 
Well, actually, um, I'm not doing any in-person events. I'm, I'm still uh, I'm following the same protocols I was following two years ago. I'm not mingling and I'm not going to any events. But I, um, I, you know, I've got more interviews lined up. And actually, in September, uh, we're going to have a virtual event for the book at uh, Joseph Beth Booksellers, um, and they're based in Cincinnati. And I'm going to be um, doing that uh, with a couple of the contributors, actually. Um, uh, Lindsay, who's who's written the first story in the book, is going to be joining me, as well as uh, Janelle Camo. Uh, she's the one who wrote the uh, piece about the uh, indigenous women in Edmonton. So uh, we'll have sort of a panel discussion, and it should be fun. Um, I think it's September 15th or 17th. I can't remember offhand. It's on my website, so you can find yeah. it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's Thursday, September 15th oh. at 7 p.m. ET. And uh, yeah, yeah, right there. Yeah, got and the that's link to everything. Yeah, it's a virtual event, but people obviously have to register so they get the correct Zoom link so they can tune in. Mm-hmm. Oh, they do have to register. That's right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Registration and event information. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So they can log in. Yeah. All right. That's nice. Uh, what put you on? onto the series of true crime? Um, you know, it sort of happened by accident. Um, you know, I mean, I've, I've got, I've done nonfiction before, but um, I'd say fiction was more so my forte. Um, so uh, it was through a random brainstorming discussion with a publisher who um, I used to work with at another publishing house, and then she moved to a different house. Um, and we were just um, chatting um, because she thought, hey, you know, let's let's bring Mitzi in here, <laughs> you know, let's bring her in. <laughs> so that's how um, we thought about um, doing something in true crime, and I came up with the idea for the series and, and how to go about doing the series and with various themes and, you know, a different theme for each book, and, you know, and it's, it's just taken off from there. Um, as I said, I just del- delivered book seven, so <laughs> it's it's been a very intense period because I think we're talking maybe in – what two two and a half years this much um these many books yeah yeah because the serial killers book which was the first book that came out just before covid hit because i had actually done um a couple of live events i had a um i did an event at elliott bay books in seattle and then i did one at um at chapters indigo up in uh uh, greater vancouver bc and then suddenly bang Everything changed. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how it happened. Just bam. Um Yeah. I mean I know a lot of um a lot of authors are going back into the bookstores and they're doing events and you know, hey if if you're comfortable doing that, that's fine. Um, I'm just really not because I've just I just know too many people that are getting sick who are resuming quote normal life. Mm-hmm. So I'll mm-hmm. keep my yeah. abnormal life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I've got a client uh, at a Barnes Noble in California on uh, the middle of August, and I want so much to go there and be there with her. But, yeah, I, too, am very careful. I just uh, – I was one of those those nerdy kids that took science classes seriously. So <laughs> – <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I mean, when you're hearing about people that are really, really sick, I mean, I, I, I know people who have died. I know people who have become, like, seriously ill and, and like, 
life-changingly ill. Uh, and it's like, you know, I really don't think it's worth it. Um, you know, I'm happy with my virtual events and, you know, and maybe more people can attend. Yeah, that's true. I think we're all, it was you don't have to drive. You don't have to drive, so don't be bitching about gas. You don't have to drive. And, yeah, uh, it's yeah. green. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I have got a couple of messages to play, and then um, that way we, I can go get a glass of water. You can, too, if you need it, or, or chat with Teddy I've about whatever. i got with me. <laughs> Aren't you the clever gal? So, I know. Um, I plan ahead. Oh, oh listen to you. Um, such a professional. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've got a couple of messages here, and uh, then we'll be right that with more of Betsy Zerito. I mean, the world has gone crazy, right? I mean, this whole pandemic, I, I, I don't even know if I'm coming or going anymore. You know what I mean? But the one thing during the pandemic that I found out, right, that was a good thing, was the Madame Paris Salon. I mean, this podcast, right, when you hear her laughing, all you want to do is laugh. When her dog's barking in the background and she's talking to the dog, I'm like, she's going to an interview. And I'm like, this podcast is the best podcast I've ever heard before. You know what I mean? Do you like podcasts that feature high-profile interviews? I do. Two girls, <laughs> one gold shop. Oh, my. I think you've got the wrong end of the stick. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of stick are you referring to? <laughs> Flobo voice. How are you, Flobo? I'm sure I'm not the first person to say this, but, man, I love your voice. I am transported wow. to LA Confidential. You like podcasts that offer audio skits? I do. Ma'am, you also need to pay for your vegetables. Not according to Proposition 47. Our food debt is up to $950, so we're... Uh, so we're good to go! You like podcasts that have original music? I, I do. Then I invite you both to visit www.hesaidsheheard.com. And again, www.hesaidsheheard.com. All right. I think we got the... Uh... Messages loud and clear. So back here, Madam Perry, Madam Perry Salon, with one of my superb friends, uh, one of my favorite people and writers, Mitzi Cerrito. Uh, we're talking about her new book uh, from her uh, best new crime stories, but this one is called Unsolved Crimes and Mysteries. So we don't always know exactly how they end unless somebody out there has a little inside info they want to share, deathbed confession uh, or something coming out like that. Missy, what do you think? You think yeah. that could actually happen? Um, you know, obviously something that's a, a lot more set in the past, I would say, unlikely but there are still some cases that are are contemporary enough that it is possible that somebody could resurface um yeah i mean uh actually there's a story in the book where um 
the family members of one of the murder victims had even said, why aren't we, you know, like doing DNA or whatever. Um, I, I, you know, sometimes things just get lost. You know, we, we have all these great, uh, like, crime shows, especially out of Britain. There's, they do such wonderful uh, crime shows and cop shows, you know, about these cold case people and they go digging up and finding out about murders from, like, a, 75 years ago. But I'm not really sure <laughs> if that is <laughs> as realistic as we would like it to be, where, where we can at least have some sort of resolution on, on these things. Well, true. Um God, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll get besieged by email saying, "Oh my God, I know who did it." You know? Now there was one book that you, I, you think, or at least when I started, excuse me, not book story. One of the stories I thought I knew where it was going, and then um, really, really took some more information. The lady vanishes. The mysterious disappearance of Jean Spangler. Uh, and Joan Renner, the writer, because I'm thinking, you know, it's just going to be the Black Dahlia uh, story redone, but it's not. And it mentions some actual celebrities in there, like Kirk Douglas. And yes. um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, uh, There's definitely a lot of things in that story that do kind of make you wonder, like, hmm, um, <laughs> you know, some of these Hollywood people, um, who knows, who knows if they were involved with, um, this woman's disappearance and whatever. I mean, <laughs> well, I, maybe we'll never know. Well, maybe, you know, and then you can't exactly, probably no one's going to actually come out and admit that they've got evidence that so-and-so did it or didn't do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. And of course, it was back in the what they called the golden days of Hollywood, where um, yes, everybody couldn't grab a camera or something on their phone. Yeah, um, no phones, no phones to film everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. You uh, know, that's an interesting point. You kind of wonder because, um, yeah. I mean, so many of these crimes, there was no such thing as these phones with a with a camera that you could film, and and you wonder, well, if 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 they'd have had them then, uh, we might have had totally different stories. Oh my gosh, yes, because that one, uh, you know, there's the woman. She wants to be an actor, but she's um. You know, meeting around with some shady characters, and some of the shady characters are not just in the nightclubs or the uh, what was the, you know, the gangsters that were popular yeah. then, or seemed yeah, to be uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the mobsters were quite the uh, um, the constant motif, you know, everywhere, uh, ubiquitous, I guess you'd say, but. Damn. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of funny because I mean, uh, having having lived in LA, I was like, hmm, I never really um, realized that um, that was so prevalent back in that time. Oh yeah, when you read stories like uh, uh, people, um, uh, see, my my mind. Sorry, my mind's on your people right now. I cannot remember them all. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about uh, now your story in here. Let's see, I was going through the. Um, Story. Yeah, mine's and like lighthearted reading compared to some. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's um, <laughs> in heaven, everything is fine. In heaven, everything story. is fine. Um, what a what a what a lovely title 
inside of well, a actually, book like this. Well, actually, it's a song. It's a song, which is why the um, title's in quote marks. But um, this this story kind of um, has a it's something that I was I didn't know. I mean, I know I know who the the man is in this who the, who the actor is, um, and I have to uh, admit that um, I am a Lynch David Lynch fan. <laughs> And uh, yes, Eraserhead is probably uh, a film that I would never forget. And uh, it's about the actor who played the lead in Eraserhead and his um, rather odd death. <laughs> okay, you're gonna just leave us right there. Come on, give us. A I'm gonna teaser. leave it. There. Oh, right. Oh. Okay. Yeah, we're okay. just sort of leaving a cliffhanger there. You needed to put dramatic music going in. <laughs> That kind of fits with the whole eraser head thing, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, well, um, well, okay, or, okay, you know. Has the mission been yeah. completed? You know that I have the greatest <laughs> enthusiasm for it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> That's just creepy. <laughs> That's Hal, you know, from two thousand one. Oh, oh, was it Hal? Oh, I love, I love Hal. Oh, Hal. sorry, I didn't pick up on that. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Okay, over. My, uh, my bad. Well, anyways, okay. In heaven, everything is fine. Is actually, like I said, it's a song, uh, and it was used in the film. Uh, and if anyone has seen the film, um, there was a woman who lived inside a radiator, and she would sing this very odd song. And she was a rather odd-looking lady. So, um, so as I said, the gentleman who played the lead um, in the film, uh, he's the actor that is in the story, and uh, he apparently. Uh, he, he lives. He was living in uh, South Pasadena, and he was uh, going over to Winchell's Donuts, as we always do when you live in L.A. You always have mm-hmm. to go to Winchell's Donuts. And he was going on a Sunday morning at a ridiculous hour, 6 a.m. or something. Um, and uh, apparently he got in some sort of altercation with two young guys. Um, I guess he probably said something. It sounds like he said something that antagonized these guys. Maybe he considered them slackers. And so he got kind of banged up and whatever. And so he relayed this story to his friends that he met for um, lunch later that day because it, it was clear he had some sort of an injury. Um, and anyway, so the next day his friend just went to go check on him and he found him dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and oh. so the question, yeah. So, I mean, he'd obviously, something had happened to him. He had some sort of uh he he did sustain a head injury, which uh, apparently killed him. Um, but the odd thing is nobody actually saw this altercation happen. Ah. Yeah. So one has to wonder, well, was there an altercation, whatever? Um, and sadly, the, the actor had also, um, Doc Nance, he had a really raging alcohol problem. So, I mean, he had, yeah, and so uh, that was something that really impacted on his life and his career as well. And he actually had a quite high uh, blood alcohol level at the time of his death, uh, considerably higher than most people would have had if they've had a few drinks. So, um, yeah, so it's just this bizarre death, which I suppose really is fitting, considering some of the films he's been in and the the whole David Lynch thing, because as we all know, David Lynch films are rather strange. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. 
and so I, I why not have you. a strange death? <laughs> okay, well, I've, I've, yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just stay in character. Let's just keep the form. Um, I, I have to admit, I've never seen a racer head, but when I read it now from your book, uh, saying Eraserhead showcases Nance as Henry Spencer, the gloomy misfit with a towering mass of hair, whose wife gives birth to a reptilian, alien-like baby. The baby's in quotes now, okay. Baby <laughs> that emits a mewling wail almost as ghastly as its appearance. <laughs> yes. You need to see this film. It's it's an incredible film. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it, I, I mean, I thought, okay, I, I had no idea this was what it was like, you know. And Henry's so respite from this horrific horrific domestic existence as a main caregiver to the creature is the young woman with a bouffant blonde hairdo and puffy cheeks like scoops of cottage cheese who sings to him from inside a radiator, repeating the cryptic refrain, in heaven, everything is fine. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, very famous cult film. So I suppose those of us who appreciate cult films. So, I mean, when I actually was looking for a, a story to write and I was thinking, well, yeah, what am I going to write about? You know, I, I want it to be something that's going to engage me, you know, obviously. And um, then I thought, oh, my God, I didn't, I had no idea Jack Nance had, had died. Um, you know, he was in the Twin Peaks television series as well. So it was like, oh, I just started, yeah, so I just started to dig into it and dig into it and dig into it and finding out a lot of things about his life and, and uh, you know, a lot of tragic things. And uh, so it's, it's just a very interesting, I think it's an interesting story. And, and uh, it's, as I said, things that may have contributed to his death and uh, things in his life that sent him on downward spirals. So it's, it's it's more than just a true crime story, and it's a bit of a character study as well. Mm, yeah, no kidding. Um, I can say more, but you got to get the book. You just have to get the book. <laughs> because you do. Um, it's a, it's, this is, I mean, that's just, I'm just enthralled by all the stories, and you've got such an excellent selection, and, and no two are even similar. And which is hard to say in true crime. Usually, that sometimes there can be a pattern, you know. But uh, yeah, no, not here, not here. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, it's it's that's the thing. I want to try to not have too much repetition of themes or, like I said, locations. And so, um, you, you kind of have to cross your fingers too, because um, you're never going to be sure what's going to come in or who's going to have time to write something. If you maybe feel that like there's an opening and like you have an idea for something and you want to pitch it to one of your people that, you know, you can count on. <laughs> I have my little list of people that I can count on, you know, it's like, Hmm, you know, this, so-and-so would be really good on this particular story if he wants to do it. You know, sometimes they are. They'll say, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll write that. <laughs> have, you, um, have you started doing audio books yet? Um, well, actually, uh, several of the books in the series are available on audio. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not personally doing it. My publisher makes the audio deals for that. But, um, yeah, there's audio books out for several volumes in the series. Because I know when uh, when I was driving a lot, uh, I loved having audio books. And I would 
think that would be the way yeah. to go. People would be riding. But I'm picturing somebody riding through, like, you know, I would drive from <clears throat> like from Atlanta to Asheville and back or to Jacksonville, Florida to stay with a friend. And you don't want to be like in the middle of the night hearing these stories. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it'd be good for daytime riding unless you really want to get into the mood for something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some night driving and listening to some true crime about, <laughs> say, a, a freeway serial killer or something. Yeah, you really want to listen to that as you're driving on the freeway. <laughs> And you see somebody hitchhiking up ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not this time. Uh uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, no, actually I've had I've had several people, uh, some of my regular reviewers say, Oh yeah, I've got the audio book. I love listening to it in the car. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I do. I love. I mean, I just I drove to Tucson and back in uh, March, and thought, okay, I'm going to take a lot of uh, audio books, and I'll be driving again. So yeah, thank you for that. Thank you, Mitzi, for giving us audio books that will scare the dickens out of us. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure yet if um, the Unsolved Crimes and Mysteries will come out in audio. It's, it's too early to tell. Normally, they when the book is published, then I guess you get an audio publisher maybe going on it. But um, I, I think most of the books in the series are on audio, so you should be able to find something something for everybody. You know, if you want a paper book, if you want an e-book, if you want to listen. You've got it all. You've got it all. You know, you, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you had the TV show when you uh, were living in the UK, you and, you and Teddy. And, yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> well, is that Teddy, where you met Teddy, by the way? No, 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 no. Actually, Teddy and I met in Seattle back in 1998. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Yeah, he right. came to live with me then. So that's how long, you know, he and I have been hanging <laughs> that's, a, that's a life partner, um, an opinionated, an opinionated life partner, and an opinionated and one, who, one, yeah, and one who doesn't mind telling he, you where they dressed or not, but on social media. But that hey, but so he, a lot he, of but, people. But he doesn't leave his jockey shorts all over on the floor, so this is a good kind of partner. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. So um, you've got you got the best of all worlds, you know. So um, we do you see yourself doing that again, um, especially now that you can do a, a video podcasts and things? Do you see yourself going back to TV because you were so good at Probably it? Probably not. Oh, that's sweet of you to say. You know, that came about by accident as well. I just sort of got the idea because I, I – started to meet all these tech people and some of them were doing like um, these um, web TV channels and they were really horrendous. And I thought, oh, hell, I can do better than that. <laughs> so, no, I mean, seriously. Yeah. So it, it was random. I put an ad on Facebook looking for a cameraman and I got the, like in a day, this guy contacts me and he goes, hey, I'm up for it. You want to meet down in the pub? And I'm saying, all right. So we went to like, it was um, Leicester Square to the pineapple, the pub, the pineapple uh-huh. pub. And, and that was it. He's like, okay, yeah, let's do it. He was like a red carpet uh, photographer. He did a lot of premieres and such. So um, yeah, we had fun doing it. <laughs> 
Nice. But I don't know, as far as doing it again, you know, it's sort of one of those things like, well, it was one chapter and I'm not really thinking I'm going to return to that chapter. Um, I mean, if an interesting opportunity came my way, I certainly would consider it. But as far as generating one of, you know, generating it myself, probably not. Hmm. But All as right. I said, if an opportunity shows up. <laughs> okay. Hear that? Okay. Producers, producers, listen up, listen up. <laughs> you yeah, you'll you'll keep an open mind, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Make right. me an offer I can't refuse, you know? <laughs> oh, let's see. And as soon as I do, I gotta give you one more howl just to make sure you know. Okay. Just because I, I, I got my finger on the button here. I'm completely operational and all my circuits are functioning perfectly. <laughs> I don't know. What is my fascination with howl? I just don't know. I love that film, though. 2001 is one of the best films yes. ever. Yeah, it is. When it's oh. on, like some, if it, if it happens to be on, and I, I figure I'll just, you know, leave it for a little bit, but it's like you can't. You just get sucked into it, and you have to go through the whole thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like this, uh, the same thing for me with uh, Auntie Mame starring Rosalind Russell. Uh, <laughs> only with Rosalind Russell. I never Russell, saw I Auntie Mame. I never saw that. <laughs> well, only see with Rosalind Russell. There's several other okay. Auntie Mains, but I think she is the Auntie Main. In fact, um, if you, have you heard of Ignite speeches? It's kind of like a junior version of TED Talks. No, I, did, I don't think so. I did. And what's it, not, what's yeah, it called? Something like Ignite. No, I don't have, seem to. Yeah, you have to have something like 15 slides and... I don't know, um, so many minutes to tell your story. And I did one of those um, in Asheville, actually, in 2012, called Life Lessons Learned from Auntie Mame. Uh, no. Yeah, because her most famous uh, expression is, life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to death. So. Oh, wow, yeah, I'd say that sums things up quite succinctly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, listen, I... Time goes by too fast with you because you're so much fun, and I enjoy you so much. I'm always so grateful whenever you come back to the show. I wish you much, much success with this book, as with all your books. Well, thank you. I appreciate being invited back and and that you you still keep inviting me back. (laughs) I haven't shamed myself. (laughs) I would would just – have you here all the time. You can come back and co-host if you ever want to. If oh, you don't man. have something new to plug, you could co-host, or we could have a. You know, I used to in the beginning have we'd have these shows with the panel. It'd be like a, a pajama party kind of thing. I but remember again, I did one of those. I did one oh, with you. Did. you. Yeah, the pajama party. I remember that. Yeah, well, that's maybe a about it's five, six years ago. I think it's long overdue. It's long overdue. <laughs> right. Well, Teddy's well, up for that because he loves his pajamas. Oh, I know he loves PJ Day. Yes. <laughs> loves PJ Day. All right, Mitzi Zarito, and remember, I'll be sharing uh, the new one is the best new crime stories series. It's Unsolved Crimes and Mysteries, and it's uh, coming out in September. This is serious, seriously a must read, as it says. And uh, I will be sharing, as I said, on all of my social media, not just from Madam Perry's salon, but also my personal social media. Um, where to find Mitzi's books, find her website, and uh, 
she's a very fascinating lady. I'm just going to say fascinating woman. Um, and I'm going to leave out, instead of with my song, uh, some Liverpool guys, because, you know, because of your citizenship in, in Britain as well. Uh, Joe Symes of the Loving Kind and Turn Me On, Turn Me Out Tonight. Mrs. Zaretto, I love you. And love I you love too, you, babe. Teddy. Thank you. Bye. He says hello. Is he sitting close to you or is he going to? He's right here. Oh, okay, good. Let me tell you about the things I'm gonna try 